Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today we're in Mark 10, but before we start reading and and looking at some commentary, let's let's go to God in prayer. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for being God, the creator of all, and yet you care about an individual. You, you not only care about an individual, but you care about the aspects of my life. And Lord, that makes me humble and amazed and also kind of, you know, just don't understand. But you are God and you deserve praise. So Lord, I lift up this time. I lift up this reading to you. I pray that you would be the one who speaks, that it would be your words that we hear. There'd be nothing from me, but everything from you. And that you would be guiding us, that our hearts, our minds, and our spirits would be prepared to hear your message. And most of all, that we would grow closer to you and be able to love you more with our whole being and to love our neighbors as ourselves. So, Father, I pray for your insights today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So it was interesting. I was reading, I was listening to music this morning, and the broadcaster, they're not DJs anymore, right? But he made the point, he says, you know, we aren't, this isn't about being and winning a prize as most improved. (laughs) This isn't a contest for most improved that he or she who fixes themselves the most suddenly becomes, you know, God's favorite and gets the, gets the trophy. This is really all about loving God. And it's funny how the most innocuous things can, can tear us down. I know I got, when I get out of my habits, I've mentioned this before to y'all, when I break my habits, you know, I open myself up to so many different issues. And one of them is, you know, I just get off track with prayer, with God, and just doing what I know I, I need to, loving him correctly, which means loving him with all my heart and soul. And so I was out of town this weekend and, you know, met some great people, heard a nice sermon message and whatnot. But I got home late. My day just got kind of, my evening just got messed up. And so when I woke up this morning, I didn't do what I normally do. I didn't start listening to music. I didn't start praying. Instead, I got out of my, my, myself. I woke up and I started, I started, you know, thumbing through my phone and looking at Twitter and news and, and, you know, CNBC, all these different things. And I found myself suddenly like thinking to myself, what an idiot, what an idiot you are. And it's, it's crazy because Satan uses the most innocuous events to, to knock us down. He doesn't use the earthquake. He uses the little tiny tremor. And so quickly that little tiny tremor in me becomes a complete and total landslide of incriminations of myself, disdain towards myself, and actually then potentially despair. And then through that, I'm not going to do the podcast. I'm not worthy. I'm not going to do this. I'm not worthy. I'm a failure. I can't do this. There's so many things that happen because of that. And it's not because of the major. It's because of a minor. And um, yeah, so 
I just I just found that very interesting today because he really hit me hard because I'd failed my morning routine, my failed prayer, my prayer time. I'd failed, you know, this and that. And the incriminations, the self-incriminations were just came in fast and hard. So just be on your guard with that because it's, it's, uh, not the big things. It's usually the little things that are used against us. And so with that, let's go ahead and start with our reading here in chapter 10 of Mark. Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Again, crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied. They said Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was Because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus said. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. It's amazing how Christ just takes the... the, he, he knows what the Pharisees and what the people are trying to get to. They're trying to trap him, and he just, he, he sees the heart. And when you really see the heart, it's very hard to to lose, you know, not put out the right the right response. I mean, he's, he's well, obviously he's God, so yeah, he's amazing. Good job. <laughs> Verse 10. When they were in the house again, The disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery with her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. Verse 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little, little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your mother and your father. Teacher, he declared, all these I have have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. I love that. He loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. 
The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Because in that culture, if you were wealthy, it was because God blessed you. So if you were blessed by God, then how, and you were wealthy, you know, how could then anyone who's poor get in there? Jesus looked at, looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priest and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later he will rise. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You do not, you do not know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. <clears throat> Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, <clears throat> Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So my initial thoughts on this 
are to immediately pick on James and John for being so uh, so egotistical, I guess is the best, nicest way to say it. Especially considering the timing. Jesus had just recently talked about his death and that he was going to die. And then it's like, hey, wait, who's going to be the best and the biggest and greatest in the... Uh, in the uh, in heaven with you <laughs> so it'd be easy to pick on that but really there's so many other pieces that are important and you know I just I think that what tr- what A.W. Tozer has to say he focuses on Mark 10 29 through 30 where it says truly I tell you Jesus replied no one who is left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or father or children or fields for me and the gospel, will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. So many professing, Tozer writes, so many professing Christians just want to get things from God. Anyone can write a book now that will sell. Just give it a title like 17 Ways to Get Things from God. You will have immediate sales. Or write a book called 14 Ways to Have Peace of Mind. And away they go by the ton. Many people just seem to be interested in knowing God for what they can get out of him. They do not seem to know that God wants to give himself. He wants to impart himself with his gifts. Any gift that he would give you would be incomplete if it were separate from the knowledge of God himself. I feel that we must repudiate this great modern wave of seeking God for his benefits. The sovereign God wants to be loved for himself and honored for himself. But that is only part of what he wants. The other part is that he wants us to know that when we have him, we have everything. We have all the rest. Jesus made that plain when he said, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well you see it's not a contest for who can be the most improved to get something out of God it's not for us to sit there and say oh God I need a new car I need this I need all these things can you give it to me it's God you are everything and in you I have everything you are all if you remember back when it was the prodigal son and the, fa- the, the oldest son who never left said to his father, he was angry, you've never given me a banquet. And his dad looks at him and tells him, son, you've had everything that I own. You've had access to it. It was all yours. You just had to ask. With God, we have everything from him that is his. We just have to ask. We have to recognize what it is that he has. It's not an order-taking machine. He's not, oh yeah, here, this order came in like a fry cook. We are his children, and all that he has is available to us if we understand. So with that, let's go ahead and go back to God in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for so many examples of your people, of who you are, how you love us, how you never give up on 
your people, how you don't shake your head. Well, maybe you do and be like, Oh my goodness, what are you doing? And then just, I'm never dealing with you again. No, instead you may shake your head, but you then love us. And then you help us get into the, go onto the right path. So father, I just pray as we, as we go about this week now that you'd be honored and glorified by what we do, that we would learn more about loving you with our whole being, that we would understand that more, grow closer to you so that we could love you with our whole heart, with our minds, our spirits, every part of us, and that we could also love our neighbors as ourselves. I thank you for all you've done. I'm grateful for it. And I just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.